Welcome to week three of Getting Into Good Trouble. This week we'll be discussing the wildfires in Australia, why and how they're happening, and how we can stop them. 2020 is off to a tragic start as Australia is ridden with devastating wildfires that have already burned 15% of Australia. Wildfires continue to burn at this very moment. This is affecting not only Australia's environment, animals, and citizens, but also any other areas that the smoke has spread to. Davis and Zach are going to tell you more about the issue. Bushfires have always been a part of Australia's ecology and environment. Wildfires start two ways, either natural causes or human-inflicted. In this case, the fires were naturally caused. Some people believe that these fires were started by arsonists, but no evidence has been found to support this. Due to Australia's drought and intense heat waves, we believe that the fire was caused by a lightning strike. Previous wildfires in Australia, such as Black Friday 1939 and Red Tuesday 1898, were caused by intense heat waves and droughts. After doing some calculations, we found that the average deaths are 11 per season. Once the fire starts, it is very hard to stop due to the dry vegetation. Yeah, Davis. A couple of years ago, my dad put the Christmas tree into the fire pit and it shot up in flames because it was so dry and dehydrated. This is what is happening to most of the vegetation in Australia. Exactly, Zach. And these fires didn't just start happening. Australia has recently been enduring its hottest and driest year on record. Australians have used fires in the past to clear grasslands for hunting and to clear tracks through dense vegetation. However, this was only in periods of high rainfall. How have the wildfires in Australia affected the Australian economy? The wildfires have made the Australian government spend a lot of money to pay for the firefighters to fight the seemingly never-ending fires. Also, the Australian government is going to have to plant many trees to replace the ones that were lost to the flames. The tourists that would normally come to Australia for its sights and animals are no longer coming. Now the major cities are enveloped in smoke and the animals are losing their homes and their sources of food. How has this affected those not living in Australia? Great question. The smoke has recently been spotted by astronauts from all over the world. New discoveries and information have also led experts to believe that all the smoke has encompassed the Earth. This has indirectly affected the air quality of not only Australia, but other countries. NASA has recently disclosed that New Zealand is being greatly affected by the wildfires, changing the skies to a burnt orange color. But the smoke has traveled farther than just the lengths of Australia and New Zealand. The global food supply is therefore affected by the out-of-control fires. Australia remains as one of the top exporters of wheat in the global market, and with the 12 million acres burned, these farms will be without a doubt annihilated. The less obvious effects of the smoke are for hundreds of miles outside of Australia, where local and mass-producing farms are being affected by the smoke. Fox News reporter explained how the vegetation may be stunted and drastically affected by the poor air qualities. The wildfires have been said to have hidden advantages to Australia. Is this true? Yes. In fact, wildfires are a big part in the cycle of a forest life. Wildfires will often clear out in face of weeds, diseases, and insects. Not only that, sometimes wildfires will create new grasslands and even open forest canopies to allow sunlight to reach the forest floor, benefiting plants that need more sunlight than other plants. Once a wildfire is over, new species start quickly sprouting, the first usually being fireweed. Fireweeds are essential for reintroducing vegetation into the burn site. Once the other plants are growing in, the fireweeds will slowly die as they have done their job and the forest life cycle will start again. Is there any hope with recent rainfall? 
There are many advantages to the recent rainfall, but many people are not aware of how the rain prolongs these tragedies and wildfires. The fire's extreme heat and the dryness spells have triggered rare pyrocolumnous events, which is the event in which rain and thunderstorms are triggered by the fires. But this can also be said to feed and provoke the fire, trapping air, condensing it, and pouring it over the fires. This leaves excess amounts of oxygen at the base of the fires, making it harder to tame. These clouds can also come along with the occasional lightning, and in this case, wildfires can create new blazes from this lightning. How can this be? Well, with Australia's dry terrain, a single strike could cause yet another roaring fire. How can we prevent these wildfires from becoming out of hand? Massive wildfires are very hard to control, but it is possible. The highest chance of stopping a wildfire is by rain, but rain comes and goes as it wishes and is never guaranteed. Besides that, there are multiple ways to stop a fire. First off, there are thousands of firefighters on the ground to help with big cities and are pushing back the fire as far as they can. On top of this, aerial firefighters have dumped thousands of gallons of water and thousands of pounds of flame retardant on these fires from the sky. Other countries have been sending millions worth of resources and aid to help Australia with its efforts. We can't stop this fire without the help of everyone. What is Australia's Prime Minister doing about this? Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison was on vacation in Hawaii when the wildfires first started. He did not rush to come back when he was notified about the fires. When Scott returned, his response to these bushfires were described as slow and unurgent. The believed reason why the Prime Minister wasn't urgent to action was that he is skeptical about climate change, which angers many Australian citizens who understand that the planet is getting warmer because of humans. 28 people and more than 1 billion animals have died in the fires so far, which have burned an estimated 17.5 million acres of land. A very large amount of world heritage areas have burned as well. 50% of the Gondwana rainforests and 80% of the Blue Mountains have been burned by the fires. The Gondwana rainforests contain the most extensive areas of tropical rainforest in the world. The Blue Mountains are home to about a third of the world's eucalyptic species. Yes, many donations have also been dedicated to Australia's wildlife. During the peak of the fires, Australia began to send out helicopters filled with carrots and sweet potatoes, which have been delivered via air to animals trapped in the fires as a source of food. These efforts have especially been directed towards providing recovery for the brush-tailed rock wallabies, who generally survive these brush fires, yet the vegetation is most likely destroyed, harming their species. The government in Australia is not helping matters of climate change associated with the wildfires either. The Prime Minister argues that their country cannot do anything about climate change because Australia's impact is so small compared to the rest of the world. He claims that doing something instead of nothing would not have changed the outcome of the wildfires at all because the facts don't stand up to any evidence whatsoever. Are these fires only affecting Australia? The bushfires are also affecting countries other than Australia too. The smoke coming from the fire has circumnavigated the globe and continues to spread across the globe. This is affecting air quality in countless cities and populated areas all over the world. Some of the largest cities in Australia have been affected, including Melbourne and Sydney. Poor air quality is also a big problem. The Australian Open of 2020 kicked off January 14th, but the playing conditions are grabbing more attention than the game itself. So after many players are forced to make an exit due to poor air quality, I'd like to add that the firefighters risking their lives to put out the fires have created a very big impact on the results of the fires. America and Canada have even sent firefighters to help the Australian and New Zealand firefighters. If you want to help save the wildlife and citizens of Australia, you can help. There are many charities focused on helping the victims of the fires, like Red Cross and Salvation Army. There are also organizations for animals like WWF, Wires Wildlife Rescue, and more. Any donations help and count. 
Unfortunately, Australia's fires are still spreading, mostly around Victoria and the east. If you imagine your right palm is Australia, the fires continue to burn by the index finger, knuckle, and continue down the coast towards the thumb. The fires are also concentrated in Victoria, which would be the meaty part of the thumb. I think part of the cause of the wildfires was the eucalyptus leaves, because they are actually like really burnable and flammable. And so that was basically all koalas eat. And so basically all of those burning sort of affected what the koalas have left to eat, so that's really affecting their other species. I also noticed that a lot of the um, a lot of different types of animals died. I know that one of the reasons was because not only because they couldn't get the food, but they all, a lot of them burned, but also a lot of them got stuck in certain areas and couldn't leave. Yeah, I heard that um, like probably close to around a million of animals died mm -hmm. because fifty percent of the main habitat that a lot of different species of animals live in in Australia have burned. Like, not, not only are they native, but like most of the species before the fire were already endangered, so the fire actually like really cut that endangerment level, and they're on the edge of going extinct. And in the past years, it was normal for there to be a lot of fires, but normally the fires would um, spread in a way where the animals would just keep on moving out, and they would have a place to go because they were not this, the si this size and the, the animals wouldn't get surrounded because there weren't this many fires. So they just keep on moving away. And then after the fires were done and all the fireweed came back in and the ecosystem regrew, then it would go back to its natural habitat. Going back to what Lydia said about critically endangered animals, a good example of that would have probably been like the, um, the koalas since they were really endangered before and 30% of the species was wiped out by the fires. Yeah, and also the fires in the past have actually like been not that escalated, but this fire has been the, I think the biggest and like most harmful reported in Australia, and it's basically because of the dryness and the dry spells and the heat waves that Australia is getting. But the fires, in order to be like sort of helpful to the environment, they have to be on a smaller scale than this fire. So this, you, it really harmed the ecosystem. If you want to help, visit redcross.org and please share it with family and friends. That's all for now. See you next time on Getting Into Good Trouble. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in to the next episode of Getting Into Good Trouble as we dig through the rubble to find the trouble. Getting Into Good Trouble was brought to you by the host, Sam, the background researchers, Davis and Rizzo, the current events researchers, Weber and Kyle, the Q&A portion, Lydia, Ben, and Christopher, the satire interviews people, Kyle, the free discussion people, Lydia, Ben, Weber, and Christopher, and finally, the editor, Sam. The views of the events are the opinions of the speakers and the scriptwriters.